Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Want a chance to win at over $3,000 in prizes? It's free. Go to the Paddle and Fin Facebook page. Fill out our Spring Madness bracket. We got matches between all the hosts here at Paddle and Fin And we added Josh Smith from the Dark Waters Kayak Fishing Podcast. We're going to battle it out. Uh, Live streams will be every Sunday. So you could follow along on your bracket to see how you're doing every Sunday morning between 8 and noon, your local time. And the top seven places of the brackets are going to have a chance at huge prizes. We got Orion coolers, catch products, never lost tethers, flip it ID holders, angler button, a chance at a black pack or a Chinook PFD, $50 gift card to South Mountain Media, TRC covers, boss buffs. We got um, a rack net, yak gadget, Robohawk, biz baits, wicked weights, she angler custom baits. I mean, guys, the list is long. Go fill out your bracket, either send it in to the Paddle and Fin Facebook page or email it to paddle, the letter N, and fin at gmail.com for your chance to win today. This segment is brought to you by Jigmaster Jigs. When in doubt, get the jig out. Go to jigmasters.com and use promo code PNF20 and save 20% off your next jig order today. Welcome to the Paddle and Fin Podcast, the Bass Fishing for Noobs segment, where we try to improve our skills as an angler by learning new techniques or improving the ones we already know. I'm your host, Ryan Milford. Welcome back to Paddle and Fin. Bass Fishing for Noobs segment. I'm your host, Ryan, and got my co-host here, Sean. Hey, what's and, up, guys? And today we also have Man DP, Mr. Dan Perry, from the Final oh. Cat. We're going to do kind of a uh, intro to kayak tournaments episode, since we have the Noob Tournament coming up. And it is live now. You can find it on Tourney X. And uh, go ahead and sign up for that if you want. It's a $10 entry fee. But, uh, you know, Dan, he, he's a pretty experienced tournament angler. And so, you know, he's going to give us some tips on somebody that's new to tournament fishing and, you know, see what he can. Yeah, we, we can both raise our hand on that. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, he's going to give us some tips and you know, just some things that, you know, people probably wouldn't even think about when they're first initially getting into it. So, uh, welcome back to uh, Bass Fishing for Noobs, Dan. Yeah, man. I'm on the show. I still have people email me about the spreadsheet from the other <laughs> show I did with him. Hey, that was a really good episode. Uh, I, I'm, I mean, really, if like, still, if anybody has questions about that spreadsheet or, or just about this, 
feel free to email me, message me on social media. I'm, I'm, I mean, that's why I'm here. We're, we're not getting paid. We're just doing it for, to be able to talk about fishing, our passion. And so, yeah, I mean, don't, I hope nobody hesitates to reach out to me because I'm, I really am happy to help. That was right. way back when I was a listener. I, I always thought about emailing you asking for that, and I never did. But now I might have to hit you up since I have a little bit yeah, man. easier communication for it. <laughs> and it's it's still so. To, and for those that are listening that didn't watch listen or watch that show, it was just like 10 rods and reels that I thought if I knew from the beginning that this is what I would start with. These are t- the techniques I would start with, and these are what I would learn first because – I think you do this for long enough. You're you're in determinate fit tournament fishing long enough. Like there's a majority, let's say, seventy five percent of the baits everybody's throwing or everybody knows how to use or that are in the most effective, and that was all of them were in those ten. So yeah. So it's just kind of a, a shortcut for that. I wish I would have had, and that's how I wrote it up. So, but all of them, you know, everybody does things differently. I'm I'm not up in Canada. I'm not in florida all the time so you know my techniques might be different a little bit regionally but overall they're all the same everywhere yep cool all right so starting off how long have you been tournament fishing kayak tournament fishing i should say yeah so i i came over from a boat so i mean i've been tournament fishing for probably I grew up on a coast down Mississippi and saltwater fishing, a lot of inshore, a little bit offshore. Uh, so not a whole lot of bass fishing down there. Whenever I met my wife and moved up here, her dad was super into tournament fishing, like legit stick from the late 70s and 80s, has an entire trophy room full of trophies. He's not in real good health now, but I mean, he's like a legit guy down here in central Alabama. And, you know, there's uh, tournaments all the time. If you want to fish a tournament here, boat tournament, you can fish almost any day of the week, any day on the weekend, just all the time you can fish a tournament. And uh, so he got me into it. Like he knew I was a fisherman and his partner had just died uh, like it from cancer a year before. And whenever he knew that me and my wife were serious, he was like, all right, you need to go ahead and get into tournament fishing. So he got me into it. And uh, so, yeah, I've been fishing since really tournament fishing for probably – I don't know, uh, 2007. So, I mean, still 13 years. I mean, not that long compared to a lot of people, but I, I didn't grow up with it because I was saltwater fishing. So a long time for a lot, but not a long time for others. Um, so, yeah. And then I fished with him for a few years. Then I decided to go back to school, and I fished for the University of Montevallo on a college team for four years. Did well. Kind of was always one fish away from really getting in, you know, doing really well where something didn't go our way or whatever, but we'd be on the fish. So really, I was fishing that same time as like Jordan and Matt Lee, uh, Dustin Connell. So although Montevallo a lot of times was ranked higher than them, which is a school you might not hear about a lot. We do now, I was in the beginning of what became the outdoor scholars program and they have, um, if anybody's in this and they're thinking about going to college, it's a great place to go to college to fish. We have a great fishing team and an outdoors program, and I'm still involved with them where they, those kids, they get to go out on hunting trips and fishing trips. And I mean, saltwater, deep, uh, like cool stuff, deep stuff, inshore stuff, freshwater. They get taken all over the country to do these really cool trips. So it's, it's a really cool deal. University of Montevallo, if that's something that you're looking at. I know I'd actually messaged Jackson or cause I thought, man, that'd be a great fit for him. And he actually came down and did a tour. So I'm hoping he goes there because I want to see my alma mater do well. But after that, I think we talked about some of this on the last show where after that, the last tournament I ever fished, I wrecked in my boat. Me and my partner on Pickwick were going 60, spun out, hit something in submerged water, spun out 900 degrees, threw my partner out, skipped him across the water like a rock and uh, caused $15,000 in damage to the boat. And after that, decided I'm going to take a break. And then we had a kid. So I kind of took almost a year off. And after that, I just didn't want to get into a big, like I wanted to be serious into tournament fishing, but not the same. Like I kind of lost a little bit of 
love for it, a little bit of passion for it because of that. And just kind of burnout. You get burnout over time. And got a kayak. I got one of the very, I don't know if it was one of the very, very first, but it was definitely in the first group of pre-sale Bonafide 127s in 2018. So I got one of those and I've been in it ever since. So this is year three. So tournament kayak fishing still, you know, not, haven't been doing it for too, too long. So the kayak side, I'm still learning. I still have a lot to learn with rivers because, because I came from lakes. I'm more, definitely more of a lake fisherman. So I don't have all the lake, uh, the river experience and creek experience like some people do that hooked on wild waters type stuff. That ain't me. But uh, this year I'm, I'm about to get a river boat, hopefully some of that stimulus money. What's up, Trump? And uh, <laughs> so I'm going to give me a river boat and kind of get out and do a lot more of that. And, and I'm fortunate that here in central Alabama and north Alabama, we have a lot of places and water to do that. So I'm looking forward to getting into that more. So I'm definitely more on the lake side and I have a native Titan 12. So that's obviously why I have more of a lake boat. <laughs> the big, giant, most stable boat possible is because I came from lakes. Yep. There's my whole story. Was it a big adjustment to go from uh, fish or kayak or tournaments on a bass boat to uh a kayak or not not so much you know it it is but again i'm in the titan 12 so i would i made the least amount of jump i guess you could possibly make so i still overpack i can at times i'll carry up to 12 rods to if there's like multiple deals going on like if they're not all shallow if i'm fishing maybe deep and shallow or starting shallow in the morning then going out deeper if I'm mixing it up, maybe I'll go up to 12. I've even put some in the hole, unfortunately. Like, I can get real stupid with it. So, <laughs> but but 10 is usually I, eight on the box and then two on the deck. That's usually what I, I try to stick to. Yeah. So, I, I can get crazy. But, again, people just starting out and getting in tournaments, you know, this is definitely the upper limits of what you need to be doing and maybe even too much. A lot of people just carry four rods. I I happen to have the gear already. Cause I came from the boat where I can, I have like almost 30 rods, I think 30 rod and reel setups. I should sell some and get some better stuff because my stuff are all okay. They're not like real, not some people have six rods and reels are super nice. I have 30 that are all okay. So yeah, but I, I have like, I guess kind of the good thing about that is I have specific, specific stuff. Like I have a Ned rig rod with six pound line medium light rod i have a spy bait rod i have so i have specific setup so that you have to have more gear a lot of my stuff doesn't overlap like i put on that spreadsheet yeah so I, that that's a difference but you can still do it all with six rods you can figure it out retie more and you can kind of overlap some of your techniques and if you think it out you can do it rather than doing it how i'm doing it right now so i, I wouldn't say that's the norm okay and and i really don't think somebody starting out has to do that like you you don't you know really if you're dialed in if you're in a tournament and you're really dialed in you probably are only using two rods a lot of times i'm only using two or three but i feel like i need to have all of them or i'm unproper i'm not prepared as much as i could be because you know proper practice you know all that stuff like I, i'm really into the prep part of it it gives me something to look forward to it. I enjoy doing it and I like the research part of it. And that's a big part of fishing tournaments that we can get into. So, so I enjoy that part of it. Yeah. Cool, man. I'm kind of on the opposite end. I mean, I, I have maybe three or four half decent rods, um, again, but I would definitely be mixing them up. Like I still don't even have a heavy rod, like something that I would do frogging or, or punching like that. I don't have a rod to do that. So, um, but yeah. most of the places I fish don't have heavy mats or anything. So that's kind of why I haven't got one of those yet, but, yeah. but that, and, yeah. and I, I, I fish all over. So I'll fit, you know, <clears throat> I fished down in Florida, Okeechobee. I mean, I fished way down there and I fished super ultra clear lake stuff. So if you're going to do all those different things, you have to have more techniques under your belt, more baits and rods and reels that can do those kind of things if you're fishing one area and you're staying on you fish like one kind of deal then you don't need all that kind of stuff so that that's one reason that you would have to expand your 
rods and real arsenal and baits for them. But again, man, I didn't start out knowing all this stuff. I, I learned one technique. I practiced that technique till I got real comfortable with it. And then I moved on to another one, then another one, another one. You do it long enough. You get a bunch of them and you feel good. And still, whenever you're fishing a tournament, like I wrote a couple of tips on here. The number one tip is be confident. You don't want to go into a tournament throwing something you've never thrown before. You might hear every now and then you'll hear a story like um, who who just I forget his name because he wasn't on the show. He was supposed to, but wasn't on the show who won the first Bassmaster event. We had the second, third and fourth. And the guy who won just happened to have a spy bait in his box, put it on, never thrown it before and won the tournament with that. That's like one in a million. You never, it never actually happens. People who win tournaments and who are doing well day in, day out, they're throwing stuff that they're confident with. So why a spy bait worked in dirty water, I don't know, but it just happened to be maybe they're targeting smaller bait fish, which this time of year they should be bigger. So Lord, maybe he was in the right place and that bait just worked. Who knows? But he won a tournament, so I'm not arguing with him, but the... Yeah, so you're not going to all these techniques. Be confident, know your few techniques, and just you know keep learning, keep moving. That's that's what life is all about. Learn something new. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, one thing that you know, I've heard you say many times, the Titan's the most stable kayak that you can get. Now, what about the Blue Sky? Is it, you think it's more stable than the Blue Sky? No, it's that's not a kayak though. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I'm, I personally, I have no doubt that the blue sky is an awesome thing. I don't <laughs> believe, and and even native sells the bayak. I don't think that's a kayak either. I don't think they should be allowed. So, that's just me. I mean, KBF allows them. That's awesome. And I know some people on and paddle and fin have them, and that's cool. I don't believe a multi-hole boat is a kayak, and it shouldn't fit in the parameters of the rules. So. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I don't have a, I wouldn't put Shots it against fired. it because it's not, it's not the same thing. <laughs> I mean, but fired. even Brian has said, it's not a kayak. Yeah, it's not a It's kayak. not. So it's, what if you're fishing a tournament series and it allows both, that would definitely be more stable. But there's also every single kayak, they're engineered for certain things. Like same way with cars. A Ferrari can't carry a bunch of stuff, and a minivan can't go fast. No kayak, none of them are going to do all of them perfect. Some of them get in the middle, and that's great, and they fit a lot of buyers, and you can do a lot of things with them. But two kayaks, like let's say a big lake boat and then a river boat, is always going to be better than one in the middle if you can afford both. A There's going to be some things that a blue sky can do that other things that regular kayaks can't. Like, I love the way it has wheels that pop out, and then you can pick up the ends. It looks like it's, it's like a almost like a wheelbarrow, but you do it in reverse, and you walk <laughs> it to your truck. Hey, man, that seems like a great, that seems a lot easier than having the, uh, like, I have the boondocks landed, the groovy landing gear on my Titan, and it's tough to get them wheels, and to do it, and it's heavy, that's definitely a drawback of the boat, but, you know, uh, there's, like, trying to measure your fish on a blue sky. I couldn't even imagine how to, I, I know people do it again. I'm not putting it down. There's pluses and negatives to all of them. The blue sky, wouldn't your fish just flop off? Like if mine happens to come off the board, at least it's in the kayak with me. It might flop out and that's happened. But if you keep your board down, you should be okay. If you're in a blue sky, there's no, you know, there's no contour, curvature, convex or concave. I don't know. Convex to your kayak where, it can go in. It's just you're a flat surface. So, yeah, exactly. Your kind, your fish is gone. So, yeah. So, yeah. That's why I wouldn't compare the two. I'll stop ranting okay. now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I was just curious that because I've heard you say that many times. But yeah, that makes sense. I, I don't even think they advertise the blue sky as a uh, as a kayak. So. Yeah. And as, yeah, you know, uh, if they're being hey, into... it's not a kayak. It's it's a great thing. I'm not putting it down. It, it just doesn't fit in what I would consider a kayak and what a lot of people wouldn't either. So the debate will go on. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Let's get into uh, 
uh, the intro to kayak tournaments. So, cool. so uh, I thought maybe a good place to start would be gear, like things you have to have to yeah. fish a kayak tournament. Is that cool? That's what I was about so, to ask you. Oh, okay. Oh, man, I'm sorry. <laughs> hey, we're, we're hosts. I'm sorry. The, uh, so, number one, you have to have a camera. Whether that's a phone or whatever it is, you have to be able to take a picture. That's something you have to have. And go ahead and buy a tether. Like, so many people have lost their camera over the boat, even if you're not fishing tournaments and you're just a noob in the kayak fishing. Man, get you a tether. They're like 20 bucks. Yeah, Robohawk and Never Lost. I happen to have a Robohawk. They supplied me with one, and it's an excellent product, and I thank them for it. Neither one of them sponsor me or Paddling Finn. So I would say either one is good. I personally suggest the Robohawk. Go ahead, man, $20 over an $800 phone if you have a good phone. That's just a good investment. Do it. You can get a little cheaper on Amazon. Just tether that thing down, man. Even Brian has done it from the show. I mean, so you know, so many people have done it. Don't do that. Susie uh, did second, it too. Susie? Yeah, I mean, oh. what? Like one in four or 25% or more have lost their phone to the water? Get a tether. Hey, and I will say, I didn't tell you guys about this, but uh, the other day when I went out fishing, I, you know, I've got mine connected to my life jacket and I had my phone just stuck in the pocket there. And I, I bent down. I had gotten out of my kayak. Nope. Nope. Let's see if he's frozen back up. He is. Iceman tethered so let's pull it right back up oh. oh okay there you go so the uh so after that second obviously have a pfd that's like if you're not wearing a light and we i say that at the end of every show wear your life jacket people come on just wear it get your inflatable one if you don't like it. it's too bulky get you a good one there's plenty plenty of them out there i think if you talk ask your parents hey dad mom even if you're 40 years old, like me, hey, Pops, can you get me a life jacket? It's $100. Save my life. I mean, people die every single year from doing this. A lot of people. Like, it's not one or two. It's a lot of people die from boats and kayaks every year. So don't be stupid. Wear a life jacket every single time. Get a comfortable one. $100, $120. You can get a great one. Uh, I have a Chinook. That's a good one. I'm looking at other ones because I have a 2018, and that one's the newer ones are more formed, like more, the foams form to your body a little bit more. So I think they're a little bit of an upgrade, but besides that, totally great. A uh, couple of the other ones I've been looking at is the kind of probably the most expensive one, obviously, because I'm a kayak fishing geek. The, uh, it's a Coquitat Leviathan. That's awesome. And I'm also looking at the, um, as soon as the coronavirus is over, I'm going to go get a new one, try on some. Uh, the other one that I'm looking at is the Astral, I think it's called the V8 Fisher, that one, because it's supposed to be super light and whenever it's hot outside. I live in the South, so that's important to me. So that's an important one. And all this stuff, you can't afford all this stuff at once. I get it. You're getting your kayak, you're getting your rods and reels, you can't afford it all at once. Just get as much as you can, as you can. It's going to take a few years to get all this stuff. And maybe... I'd say second most important after the PFD is rain gear. If it's if it's in the summer, I don't even wear one. Like it's if it's warm enough, I'm just getting wet. I'm not worried about. It. I'm just going with it. But any other time of the year, if you're uncomfortable out on the water and you're wet, you've already lost. Like if you because if you're fishing a tournament, you can't get off the water. So you have to have the gear that's going to allow you to stay on the water. And rain gear is unbelievably important like I, I know people who once you get wet they're done i mean they, even if you're not done physically you're done mentally so you've already lost and that's what a lot of kayak fishing is and just allowing you to stay in the game being efficient being smart being having a good game plan being prepared and having good rain gear unfortunately although it can be expensive and you can find some good used stuff sometimes or sometimes you can get some um you know, some get some end of the year clearance kind of discounts, things like that. That that'd be the way I go. I personally have Gill gear right now. I have a Gill OS3 jacket and a Bass Pro 100 mile per hour suit bib. I've had that for a while. Uh, the jacket's new. My jacket wore out, so 
the bibs I've had for a while. I just I like the bibs so much. There's no reason to upgrade them, even though they're not matching. I, I really don't care. But the the gill stuff is totally legit if you can find it on sale. You definitely want to find something that has a neoprene cuff. So two cuffs, that's important. I would like for the jacket is super important. And for the pants or a bib, try to find one that has two layers of zippers. That sounds crazy, but if you have one layer on zipper on top, like my 100-mile power suit, the first zipper, the outside zipper zips, I guess, down. And then there's another layer that zips up. up. Even if a little bit of water gets past the tape seam on the first one, it collects in that second one, and it's not going to get you wet. So, rain gear. Uh, third, a net that's important. Um, you know, you're fishing a tournament. You don't want to lose a fish. Get a decent net. You can DIY. Find one like a Yankee tanker. You can get that Everlast G2 net and DIY, do a DIY deal. And you can do that for like 30 bucks. Um, I have a Ego S1. It's a float net. Try to get a float net because one that doesn't float in a kayak seems stupid. So, uh, that's important. Yeah, I lost mine the other day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but really, look up that Yankee tanker. He's on YouTube. It's the same one Greg Blanchard had. I, I just had it and got rid of it over Christmas. I got one as a Christmas present. I think the uh, Ego S1 is like, depending on the net you can get, it goes from like 40 to $70, but that's a great net. It's going to last you for a super long time. Uh, and then uh, some kind of grip. If that's what you're into, I have a donkey leash that I keep on my boat, or some people use fish grips. I'm not really worried about my finger getting tore up. What I'm worried about is sometimes if I have a donkey leash tied off on my kayak. So what that does, I can catch the fish, attach it to his mouth, and it's no, no pier. It does not pierce the jaw, which I'm all about ecology, trying doing the best we can for his fish and being able to catch him another day. So it's no, it doesn't go through them. It just clips on the on the lip, and you put them back in the water. That way it gives them a minute to chill out. You get your board and your camera ready, and whenever you're ready, get that fish, put them, put them on the board, take a picture, put them back in the water. That's what I use. Sometimes I use it. Most of the times I don't, but it's something I have if I need it. If, like, it's a super upset fish, sometimes you give them a minute to chill out on that donkey leash, and then they're a lot easier to manage. Now, and last ever- half do you ever get nervous about that? Like I've, I've, I've heard of people doing that, but I was like thinking about it. I feel like I'd be scared that the fish would somehow pop them open and be able to get away. You know, I've, I've heard that. And especially with the, I've heard like a fluke master. He had one that came off and then he quit using the donkey leash. I still have the first generation. I have a second generation one as a backup that I have at the house. But um, I haven't had that problem yet, so I can't say that it will never happen. And maybe once I get burnt in a tournament, then I won't use it anymore. But for right now, I've never had an issue, so I'm still going with it. Maybe that changes one day. I'm, but for now, I'm I'm still good. Calco Stalky Leash, I'd still suggest it. I've had zero issues so far, so we'll see. I have one, too. And uh, last... Dan's probably had a lot more fish on it than I have, but uh, I have never had a, one come off either, so... Yeah. And I just use and, it when I'm trying to grab my grips and stuff. I, I'll put it in the water when I know. That way I, I can uh, work with the, both my hands and know the fish isn't going anywhere. So. Yep. Yep. And, I mean, even if you don't put it back in the water just to have it in the boat, you can clip it on real quick. Uh, just something like that's more of an extra. If you want to go that route, you can. Uh, but And the last one for CPR, catch photo release, you have to have a board. Uh, depend on what tournament you're fishing, what series you're fishing, is what board they're going to allow. I think all of them are uh, Catchboard, their sponsor, the Paddle & Fin Podcast, the best board on the market, but you got to have a tether with it because it's an anchor. If you drop mm-hmm. it over the side, it's gone. You're not going to add any kind of flotation to it. You have to tether it down, and you can buy one with it. They have all kinds of cool colors, and you can get them engraved, so highly suggest Catchboard. Um, some colors look better than others. And I think you can look at research it for yourself. So I'm not going to tell you what color to get because you might want that one that matches your kayak, but some colors to me, 
and tournament directors say that some colors show up better than others. So I'd look into that. Uh, and hog trough, as long as you don't bend it or put flex tape on the bottom of it, then yeah, you're good. I have wooden, I've always had wooden dowels in mine and I use goop. It's like a marine sealant. It's like silicone. Um, I put two wooden dowels in the two uh, holes in the back and it makes it uh, stiff and it makes it float. So I couldn't flex mine if I wanted to, but no problem with hog troughs. You just have to mark your lines, but they work perfectly fine. As long as your tournament allows it, that's a great board. You might break one, but I've never broken one. I'm sure it can happen, but yeah. Catch. Just get a catch board. Spend the money and get a catch board. And catch. I see. I haven't heard anything about it in a while, but they're supposed to be coming out with a plastic style board that's probably going to be a really good quality too i haven't heard much about it since you know all this messes went on but i, I imagine they still plan on bringing that out yeah and I, I think it's supposed to be a lot harder than what the hog trough is so you couldn't mm -hmm. flex it if you wanted to so yeah. yeah so is there any more like i guess suggested gear that you would say with that no i mean that's I guess that's, I mean, that's all the stuff that you would have to have. Um, I mean, you know, I have some other stuff on my boat. Towels, uh, attractant spray, if you're into that. You can have uh, some color, some dye, if you're into that. You know, gear, GPS, obviously, that would be awesome. Fish finder, you know. There's a lot of stuff that you can go from there, but those are things that you have to have. Have to have the board and the camera and the pfd like you can't get away without those rain gear super important net you don't really have to have you can do it without it and uh yeah and the grips you don't have to have so once you have those then you could start to work your way up fish finder if you don't have it stuff like that towels attractant uh, gotta have some pliers gotta have some scissors gotta have things you know the regular tools for fishing that you'd want to have in your boat and it's, it's good to have forceps, like, I, uh, I don't know what they're actually called, but like the long ones, if you throat hook a fish, if you're Carolina rigging or doing something else, you know, it's it's great if you have those longer pliers in your boat, just, you know, try to protect these fish and they'll be around for our kids, you know, our fisheries, things like that. Well, there's one thing I'm going to go against you with. I know you're the more experienced angler and everything, but I'm going to say apart from like the safety stuff like your pfd and all that i'm gonna say one of the most important things for me anyways to have is the net because yeah. i i use the net on every catch big or small and then you know where you said you know sometimes you'll use a, a donkey leash i'll let it sit in the net and i i use a net with like a longer handle on it where i can stick yeah. it under my legs and where it'll sit right there but it, that's me personally um i would suggest people try it out if you if you don't already use one but yeah yeah and and that's like everybody's going to have their own process of doing it the only reason i don't do it on mine is because my net would be i think i sit up too high so because i sit up higher in my boat i in my kayak i don't think the net would i haven't tried it i've seen people do that i've just never done it but I don't think the net would be real stable under mine because my seat and the Titan's up so high is the only reason I, I, I don't believe I can do that. But Hey man, get that CPR process going on, whatever works for you, the net deal, do that, do the way I do it, find out what works for you. I'm, I'm definitely that that's not a bad way to go either. I think that's an important thing to note too. Uh, just practicing that process. Um, you don't want to just jump out there. And, and again, this I haven't I've never fished a tournament, but I have been told that so many times is make sure you have your CPR process down. However, it is whatever steps that makes you comfortable, but know it, know it and know you can do it and repeat it and be successful at it before you get started. So, yeah, and I 100 percent did not do that. Like I went out, I got my kayak and the next I think the next week I fished tournament. I'd only been in the kayak twice fished a tournament because i came from tournaments i'm like ah oh, i could do this no problem dude i turtled my boat on the first <laughs> in the first tournament broke a rod lost some stuff luckily i was in shallow water i like lost some pliers and this is a bonafide 
don't wow. know what happened. I just totally forgot I was in a damn kayak. I just leaned all the way over like, hey, what's going on over here? And just flipped it. Just completely forgot where I was at, what I was doing. Flipped it. It was a, so yeah, don't do what I did. I learned from experience here. This is, this is something I learned on the water. Don't do that. Get you, like, like Sean said, learn your CPR process, get good at it, do it with a bunch of fish next time you go out, and do what works for you. Now, well, do you want to jump from this and go into what your CPR process is? Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Um, mine is pretty simple, so I'll I'll catch I catch the fish net. So let's say uh, trying to think out how I actually do it. So I set the hook, start reeling the fish in, and then once I get it at least halfway close to the boat. I keep my net right on the front, so I don't really have to mess with it. I don't have to. So whenever it's close enough to actually net it is when I grab the net because it's so close I can do that. I don't have to get it get behind me and then reel in some more. I just I already have the fish real close and do it real quick. So once I get the the fish in the boat, I so I have the fish in the net. And on the front of my kayak, I'm holding my rod with, yeah, with my left hand. I have the net in the right, and I put them both on the front of the boat, and I'm holding it up high enough to where the, the fish is still sitting in the basket of the net. So then I pull the fish out. I grab the fish. I pull it to me, leave the net there as long as it's not tangled up. If not, I kind of reach over and do it right there up in front of my drive. So I grab the fish. I have it in my hands. And then once I have, I put the rod in the rod holder. I have one on the right. I have a recess spot for it right there on the side. So and I throw the bait off to the side of the boat usually. So I put the rod holder in. Now I'm just holding the fish. Then I'll move the fish. I'm trying to do it out step by step in my head here. Now I move the fish to my right hand. I have my board on the left. I pull out my board. I put it on the floor of the kayak. That's where I put it. I have enough space in my kayak where I can do that. I would suggest not doing it. If some people have super narrow kayak and then you have to do it on your, uh, on your knees and, and that's totally on your thighs. And that's totally fine if you want to go that route, but you're giving the fish a better chance of jumping off because he's higher. So he can, it's easier for him to jump in the water. So if you can put your board in the bottom of the kayak, that would be great. So I put my board in the bottom. I put the fish down, grab his, uh, his lip with my my left hand hold them on the board grab my phone real quick with my right hand take a picture and i take a couple of pictures as why well, sometimes i actually take like 10 pictures i take a lot because i'm always worried so i look a couple of times if i have to if i can't get frustrated and in a bad spot like the fish is getting crazy or i just don't feel like i did something right there and you want to be over top that's an important part you don't want to be in that angle so you're, you need to have a leash. If you DIY a leash for your phone, it needs to be long enough to where you can hold it out far enough to get a vertical view of the fish and the board rather than doing it at an angle. So you're holding the camera up, take a picture of the fish, and if I get frustrated, fish is getting crazy, that's whenever I put on donkey leash. I put it over to the side, chill out for a second, take a drink, let the fish cool, cool off, and then I go back, grab the fish, Take a, take a couple of pictures, do my thing, look at the pictures, everything's good. Then I take a picture of something like the side of my, my kayak's orange. I'm into safety, so I take a picture of my kayak. So then it breaks up the different, the sets of pictures from the different fish. That's so good. if I have 10, yeah, if I've taken six pictures of one fish, then I've got an orange thing, then I know that's where the next fish starts. There's a word for this. Somebody else used a word for that. I don't remember what it is, but that's a good thing to do. Kind of like a divider between your different fish. Yeah, makes I don't a lot delete of sense. it. Yeah, I, so I don't let go of the fish until I'm sure I got a good picture. And it's, you know, you're following all the rules. Because some rules, like I fish North Alabama kayak anglers. That's our biggest club in the state. They don't allow you to have a hand on the fish. So you can't do that. So that can be a little bit tougher. Some tournaments you can put your hand on the fish, just know which tournament you're fishing and what the rules are. Uh, that's important. So once I feel like I look at my pictures, I've got a good picture. Let the fish go. That's it. 
I keep it pretty simple. There's definitely that, things that, like, there that I wouldn't have thought of, like that separator photo. I mean, that's a great idea. So that was helpful. Yep. That's what I do. I don't know. <laughs> I'm now, and maybe some of that, that'd be a good question if you have other people on of how, how they CPR. It's definitely a, everybody has yep. their own route. Yeah. yeah, that's that's something we definitely need to start asking more people. You know, some of the more experienced tournament anglers we have on here. Yeah, uh, not, nothing too crazy in there. Yeah. So, uh, so what are some other important things that you thought of that you know a new tournament angler should know about? Um, next, it would be. Uh, tournament prep i mean that to me is make or break you, you hear so many i'm into tournaments and we you know on our show the reel down we talk about tournaments all the time so we hear there's a lot of things you hear all the time from the same people and the same tournament directors so it's it's very common the people who prep the most and practice the most a lot of times they're the most successful and some ways to do that if you don't know they have this thing called google earth <laughs> look at it and there's two different kinds there's google earth on your phone like google earth the website and then there's actually the downloadable google earth where you it's the whole the whole program so and they have different maps and they're it seems weird that the program and the app would have different satellite pictures at different times but they can you can find so much stuff from that let's say the lake was dropped at the time and whenever you look at one of them then you can see all the rocks the docks uh you know you can see maybe you can see some things that are out of the water that won't be out of the water whenever you go and that'd be great structure fish man i've seen I, there was actually one time where this years ago i went and fished a college tournament on harris chain the lakes and there just happened to be a Bassmaster tournament i don't know how this happened a Bassmaster tournament the satellite pictures were from the day that they were fishing. So I was able to actually take <laughs> and look at all the pictures of where all these people were fishing. Cause in, in satellite picture, it gets good enough to where you can see whose boat it was. If you know all the boats, which I did cause I'm a fishing geek and the, and so yeah. And actually a spot that we fished is the spot a boat was on and we did really great there. And that's where we, that's where we caught most of our fish during the tournament. So Google Earth is number one. Like, if you're not looking at, looking at Google Earth, you're crazy. It's it's free. Use it. Uh, second is Navionics. Navionics.com. Go to their web app. It's a uh, just a. It's not very detailed. So if you have a GPS program with better mapping, definitely use that. But you can do that on your phone. You could do it at work. You can do it whenever you don't have your GPS in front of you. Uh, and you can just look at Navionics, mark a bunch of stuff. Maybe there's some waypoints that other people have put that are on the app. Uh, yeah, you can find a lot of stuff from that. Depending on time of the year, that's a great place to research. And then uh, some other ones I put are articles. Like, I don't remember who who won the uh, – it was Greg uh, – Mike Elsie who won the KBF National Championship last year. And he said that he had read an article where people, you know, uh, some local pro had wrote an article and that's why he fished the way he did and that's why he won the tournament. I mean, it's that easy. Sometimes doing the research, it's not about the exact thing. Like, I don't know exactly where I need to go, what bait I need to be throwing, and what I need to do to win the tournament. But you can narrow water down. You can narrow... You know, I okay, well, during that lake, there was a bunch of different lakes, and he narrowed it down to Caddo. Just doing that through research is huge. He knew that the bigger fish are coming out of tournaments out of Caddo that time of year. That should have been number one. So he did that, and that put him on the right lake. And then the pattern that he was on is exactly what something that somebody had written. So doing your research, that's huge. Um, YouTube. I just watch any YouTube video. And it could be Bassmaster, FLW, it, a college tournament. It doesn't matter. If there's something that happened on that lake and I'm fishing a big tournament and it's not at my local places, I watch the damn thing. I mean, I've, I'll spend hundreds of hours 
all my time when I'm with my family and working in my free time that that's what I do I enjoy to do it so it's something I, I like I'll, I'll know everything I, I could tell you everything about every lake I've ever been to the time of the year who won the tournament what baits they were throwing if there's something on TV or YouTube that came on I could tell you everything that happened that that's just what I'm into and that's what I do um so anything else online online sometimes you'll find like group posts uh like texas kayak fishing forum or it it doesn't matter the group but get specific like alabama outdoor news we have local guide reports in that magazine all the time so i'm it's always behind but you dang right i'm going to look at this year everything that they're writing for that lake this year i'm gonna look at last year i'm gonna look at the year before that i'm gonna look at so if i'm going to gunnersville I can look at 10 years worth of history from Alabama Outdoor News for all the guides during that month on Gunnersville. And sometimes months can vary depending on what happened with the weather. Like, it might have... Oh, sorry. Speaking of weather. <laughs> and, yeah, that's my weather app. But the, uh, it's nothing bad. We're fine. So, the, uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm going to do all the research online that I could possibly do. And, and the last one is kind of some people are really good at this doc talk i know some anglers who are excellent social anglers and that's what i call them people who can who they know everybody they have everybody's texting them back and forth they know oh who's catching this who's catching that what they're doing that doesn't work for me i've tried it it doesn't work and sometimes if i have a friend and it can change so much because they're different anglers. They're throwing something different. They're good. Like me and my my college buddy that fish tournaments together, he fishes a certain way. So he could tell me they're on bluff walls right now. He might be able to go to a bluff wall and catch one where I wouldn't be able to go to a bluff wall and catch them. So just taking all that information in, I think it works for some people and some people it doesn't. If you're a super social person and you're into that, man – go that route and it can help you for me it doesn't you know that that could be either or that that could be help you or hurt you so that that that's a tough one i think that's always going to be a tough one for anybody it's the same thing with like the question of the never-ending question of how long do you sit on a spot like if you're catching fish let's say you catch a fish how long do you sit on that spot until you leave if you're on let's say a point I don't know. Maybe it's 15 minutes. Maybe it's half an hour. Maybe it's all day. Maybe it's a timing deal. So these things are just gut. And that social angling thing, that's another one. Now, if everybody's saying, oh, they're in eelgrass, they're in less than five foot of water in eelgrass, and all your homies are telling you the exact same thing, sure, that would be easy. But that's usually not how it works because people are catching fish all over the lake in different ways. There might be a predominant pattern that everybody's fishing, but most of the time people are not going to be on the same exact thing. Oh, it's a three, eight swim jig. And, you know, and, uh, I don't know, brim pattern and eelgrass. It, not everybody's going to have the same deal all the time. So, and and, and so, that's such a iffy question right there as far as when to leave, because you, you hear a lot of people that stay on a spot and end up regretting it. And then you hear people leaving spots for another spot and that spot be dry. And so they end up regretting that. So man, it, it, yep. it's such a hard decision right there. That's fishing, man. That's, yeah. that's some of the, <laughs> like, like on the Logan, Tar Logan Martin tournament. And, and this is what I wanted to get into next is strategy strategy same thing what i'm talking about with how long you should stay on a spot strategy is everything like that's half of the reason why i love fishing bass fishing and tournament fishing and tournament kayak fishing on top of that is because strategy it's it's fun for me it's a puzzle it's that's what makes it fun fish are changing all the time it's something different and who figures them out? Sometimes you're, it's not going to happen. Logan Martin Bassmaster event, me and another guy, we did a 12-mile float up north. Now, if you've heard this, I'm tar sorry to tell a sad story again, but <laughs> it was a 12-mile 12, 12 float. And the two weeks prior, 
we could have won the tournament any day of those 12 days. Any day. Like, it was, or top 10, any day. Any single day. <laughs> the two weeks prior. And then, the night of the tournament, the, the night before the tournament, a bunch of rain comes in. They open up the floodgates, blows out the whole north part of the river, north part of the river, the lake, and the bottom part turned on whenever they were all, and, and I knew this going in because I said it on the show is the reason I know because down south there's more fish, but they're smaller fish. The limits came down because of the water, because of the rain, they opened up floodgates. The limits came down. They caught them on South End. That's who won the tournament. But there was a lot of hammers all up. And I'm not saying that because I was up there, but some legit, some of the best people in the sport. I launched with Cody Milton. We all fished up north, and it just didn't happen that day. So it is what it is. You know, so strategy is everything. We In that tournament, strategy played such a role because it was a 12-mile float. You couldn't, you couldn't change anything once you started that float you were locked in so strategy is everything so if you have limited and there's a lot of different factors to that variables factors so number one is limited time paddling fin we're about to have our tournament you only have four hours right is that how long we're going to fish i think so yeah so like yeah <clears throat> so if you have four fish i'm not going to some place where i think i can catch big fish it's just going to be trying to catch First thing is trying to catch five fish in that four-hour time frame. Because I think a lot of people aren't going to catch five fish. So that would be my strategy going in. Somebody else's strategy, they might be on something crazy. I'm fishing against Sam. He might be on a bunch of fish in one area, and he might slaughter them. I have no idea. Y'all are so, going to be a good one to watch. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> it, it, I'm... I kind of hate I'm put against them in the beginning, but it is what is. Luckily, I, I should do good. Like, well, this it, is post-spawn. That postpones my time. Like, out of any time of the year, I love fishing offshore. So, a post-spawn in summer, whenever it gets really tough, I'm more of a grinder. I'm usually not. I'm usually an angler of the year, like, barely in the money or right outside the money guy like i usually do good every tournament but i'm usually not the big fish guy that's just kind of how it turns out for me i'm more of a grinder i'll sit on a spot and just catch a limit whenever nobody else can catch a limit that's that's what i'm good at so if that kind of tournament tournament happens that's what's going to like usually work for me better so that tournament that's going to be my strategy i'm looking for five first um, so I, I got lucky. I got matched up with uh, Josh Smith from the dark waters kayak po podcast. So, how, you know, I, I got it, I got it pretty easy this first round. So I'm, I'm yeah. just going to put a whooping on him. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had to talk some smack with it, with it being him. Oh, do we, Dan, you're froze up. Hopefully you'll come back here. Okay. I wasn't sure if it was just me because. I've been having connection issues this whole time. Yeah, I, I got matched up with JP. I'm not sure him being the new guy, what do I want him in for? But I feel like he knows he's fished with Brian enough that I might be in trouble. <laughs> yeah, but I believe he's on the Rocktown fishing team. So. Great. I, I I don't, you know, I, I've seen a little bit of JP on uh, social media. I don't know a whole lot of his stuff, so I'm, I'm not sure what his level is. I think he's decent. I think it is kind of weird how the two newest people in the battle and Finn uh, got matched up together. Yeah. Yeah, I'll take it. We'll see what happens. <laughs> it's going to be fun. I'll, that's all I know. <laughs> oh, well, it looks like we uh, lost Dan there. Uh, we're, we're getting close to an hour anyways, so we're probably going to wrap it up pretty soon anyway. So you just want to... You know, we'll go ahead and wrap it up. And Well, yeah, thanks, Dan. Uh, you'll hear this later, I'm sure, but we appreciate you coming on. And, you know, I, that was definitely a lot of good information for me, you know, being totally new for tournaments. I've read a ton of stuff, but there's stuff that you're, you said that uh, we didn't – I would have never have read. And uh, so thank you for that. Um, and uh, on behalf of Dan, shout out to Native Kayaks. 
Oh, he said, "Call me back. Let me let me see if I can add him back in here real quick." All right. What time? What time are we at? So we uh, can tell him five or fifty-seven. Last season is unavailable. Yeah, we we covered a lot of stuff. We'll just go ahead and wrap it up. And yeah, so uh, everybody appreciate you uh, listening once again. Hope everybody's excited for the noob tournament. It is live on Tourney X now, so you can sign up. I've already signed up myself. So, oh, he is back. Hey, there we go. Hey, sorry about that. I don't know what happened. Yeah, we we're we we're just gonna go ahead and close it out since we're close to an hour anyway. So. Yeah. All right. Uh, Was there anything else you wanted to cover? Is about the mic sound all right? Yeah. Uh, you're a little loud, but you, uh, it, it sounds all right. Not but as long as I'm loud, we're good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The uh, uh, I would just say, like I said, the rain gear is super important to me. Uh, and the uh, Fisher strengths. Be confident. Don't go out there fishing something crazy you've never thrown before. Uh, confidence really is everything. And don't, like, I see some people go out and fish, like, if you want to go out and fish a national tournament, like a $250 tournament, just for the fun of it, and you got the money to do it. But, hey, man, if you're not ready, don't go fish it. These guys are, and men and women, they are next level, serious, legit. They, I mean, they've. Some people are doing this for a living and they have all their whole livelihood on the line. And what are they going to do to try to win versus somebody who's going out there weekend, the weekend guy? So, uh, yeah, if, if you're going to go out there on national level and fish against people, be ready because they will take your money. They don't, I mean, they're nice and everything's fun, but hey, they, they don't mess around whenever they get out on the water. They'll fish for seven days whenever you can only fish for two. You know, they have all the advantages. So, don't move up a level in, until you're ready. Just that's just my advice. Don't waste your money because you're not, you know, it's you don't really have a, so much of a punch unless you're going to like Gunnersville or some crazy lake where you just have a puncher's chance and you could just get on a stupid bag and win the tournament. Chances are they're not going to jump in the boat and them other folks are going to whoop you. So you know, just fish your local clubs. Start local clubs and whenever you you feel like you're you're always in the money or you're always competing and everybody knows that you're a stick and you're a club. That's whenever I'd make the next jump. So until then, fish your local clubs, enjoy it, fish a lot of different kind of water, learn a new technique, only take out that one rod with you, get out of your comfort zone. Don't throw the same thing all the time and fish the same kind of water. Cause then like, let's say you start fishing national stuff, then you'll have to go fish a clear lake or you'll have to go fish a river. Or you'll have to go fish something you're not used to. So take your time, learn your techniques and, uh, yeah, just fish on your level until you're ready to move up. I, I think that's good advice for a lot of people. Maybe me sometimes. <laughs> like right if, if I went, if I went out and fished Hobie on Erie, I get my, I get spanked cause I, I, I've seldom ever fished smallmouth unless it's Tennessee river it's just out, way out of my comfort zone. I'm not going to fish that tournament, but I'm not going to go up there and expect to win. So that's that's tough, you know. It's tough going in. If you're not going into a tournament and you don't think you can compete, save your money. Right on. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, when we thought we lost you, I, I gave a shout-out to, uh, to Native Kayaks for you. But uh, since you're hey, here, you you don't want to go ahead and shout out, uh, you know, sponsors and social media, whatever or whatever you want to do there. Yeah, I don't have sponsors. I have sponsor, just one. <laughs> great kayaks. Uh, there's a lot of great ones out there. Obviously, I think they're great. Or I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have one. I'm about to get another one, and probably. I was going to ask you what were you were going to get. Yeah, right now I have the so. It's kind of tough because I want to do a lot of different things. So I think I'm actually about to get two more. We get it. We get a good discount. So that's why I'm going to get two more. The uh, next is going to be a Slayer XC. I want a river boat. Um, that's just, it's, it's a little bit heavier. It's a heavy river boat, but it's also purpose built to be a river boat. Kind of like the Jackson, Jackson Liska. 
or the Kusa HD, if you're into Jackson's, kind of more in that range. It's it's their riverboat. It's made just for that. Um, you know, that's what I want. And then I also want a Falcon 11, which is just a throw and go. I, I'm trying to decide in between that and Ultimate 12, which is a hybrid, kind of in between a, it, it's a sit in and a Falcon 11 is a sit on top. So I'm trying to decide between those two because I want to have a buddy boat too. But that would be like a throw-and-go little pond boat. I have a neighborhood pond. I've never fished it because I can't get my damn Titan down the bank <laughs> to get into this thing. I know it's got fish. I've heard it's got fish. I, I keep wanting to fish it. And, uh, like, I live in the poor side of a Latida neighborhood. Like, a, not poor, like, but I live in a nice neighborhood. But the, like, Red Sea people, they live on the other side. And I want to get in on that pond. So I need a light little pond boat to do that. So my next two are going to be a Slayer XC and either a native Ultimate FX-12 or the uh, Falcon 11, which is just about to come out. And I don't think they've hit stores yet. They were, but the coronavirus slowed it down. But that's like a kind of like the Jackson Bite. It's the lower level 700, 799 basic kayak to get you into into the native brand a little bit lower capacity and less features but a good starter boat that's a good place to go and the uh yeah slayer xc that's just totally legit like 15 1600 total complete river boat drop down skeg it's got an electronics pod it's got the anchor chain hole in the back where you can have a power pole so you, i can put that on too so that one's just totally built for a river so yeah i love my Love Native, great company. Totally happy to be with them. Uh, besides that, you can check me out online. I have a terrible YouTube page, Daniel Perry Fishing. Uh, you can find me on Facebook, Daniel Perry. I'm one of the Paddle and Finn podcast hosts, so you can find me that way. I live in Hoover, Alabama. And then Instagram, definitely come check me out there because I've been under 100, uh, 100, under 1,000 friends subscribers whatever it is for a long time and i'm really trying to get that up like every time i get two or three people more i lose two or three like i don't know what i'm doing here i'm, I'm just hovering at like 959 for like a year so yeah if you want to check me out on anything look at instagram but yeah if you have any questions you're a noob you're trying to get in this tournament thing man holler at me especially if you live around these parts i'll go out and fish with you anytime let's do it we can talk about tournament fishing email me that's why i'm here i love talking about it. so yeah thanks for having me on the show and thanks again everybody for listening we we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for y'all absolutely yeah and uh i know me and dan we've talked about getting together and fishing together because we we ain't that I far apart apply. i, I uh, you like 10 times <laughs> <laughs> man it, it, it's hard to do but i'm gonna get down there Ho hopefully this year we'll get down there we can hit gunnersville or something especially I'm, I'm telling you right now pre like post spawn this is this is my jam man <laughs> i love that this is my favorite time of the year so i'm i'm about to fish the uh there's like a big 64 person bracket tournament i'm in that's starting next weekend uh i'm fishing a couple of local clubs they've had to go online rather than in-person events with iron city and north alabama kayak anglers and i'm fishing our uh bracket tournament too so you can follow me along on any of those and hopefully i'll do well it's my time of year so it should uh should be good should cash some checks hopefully we'll see we'll see if i can beat sam i'm not i'm not <laughs> talking because he's i i know he's been going out every day so it's hard to compete with that but it'll be all right i'll figure him out all right <laughs> well everybody look look for that uh that bracket tournament we got coming up like we said before the uh, noob tournament's coming up in may get signed up for that if you're uh on the noob side of fishing wanting to get into it uh did we lose sean now no i'm here I'm oh there here. he is okay <laughs> you want to take us out sean all right guys uh thanks again for tuning in to the bass fishing for noob segment of the palo and finn podcast uh we're bringing you the techniques the trip ticks trip tricks and tips <laughs> to help you rip more lips ah i gotta get better i like right. it <laughs> later guys see ya where are your pfds Go check out the website, guys. Paddle, the letter N in fin.com. Also, check out YouTube, youtube.com forward slash paddle and fin. 
you got a question, comment, want to hear from a future guest, feel free to email us at paddle, the letter N and fin, at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on social media. We're doing giveaways, announcements, things like that at Facebook and Instagram at paddle and fin. Shout out to our show supporters, Rocktown Adventures, Leveling Canoe and Kayak, Hammered Lures, Fish Mob Lures, TRC Covers, Catch Products. Go to catchproducts.com. You can put the paddle and fin logo right on your catch board don't forget to go over and pick up your jig masters jigs use promo code pnf20 and save 20 percent today don't forget to rate and review the podcast on whatever platform you're listening to it helps grow the audience helps others find our podcast so please drop a five-star rating in on the podcast platform you're listening on don't forget about the recycled plastics program you guys take your used plastic baits put them in an envelope mail them to the address in the show notes our man eric richards at hammered lures melts those down makes new baits and donates them to various chapters of heroes on the water